Welcome to the Ashore Podcast. This week, Ashore's customer success manager, Kaylee Meek, joins Abby Nash to discuss the challenges that creatives face with approvers. And you might be surprised and probably even relieved to discover that we all generally struggle with the same issues. No matter what kind of creative you are, there's a good chance that you struggle to get high quality feedback or and that you struggle to get any kind of feedback at all. If you have ever created an account on Ashore, there's a good chance that you've spoken with Kaylee at least once. She's an inspiring person to me who thinks deeply about virtually anything she's paying attention to. And in her role, she understands the creative mind better than anyone I know. Really going to enjoy this podcast. I can't say it enough. I'm out this week, but this was a very insightful discussion. And I know you'll benefit from these two brilliant thinkers. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about Ashore, reach out to us at info at Enjoy the show. Talk soon. We are live. <laughs> I don't know how much clearer I can get than a thumbs up. We are live. Yeah, but this isn't like a radio show. You just say it. Have you ever had a startup idea? Um, startup idea. This is Cody's favorite part, so we have to honor it. I don't know. I'm not that business-minded. I always wanted to open, like, the midnight art store because mm-hmm. art supplies are one of those things that you run out of at 12 o'clock at night and yeah. no one's open. Yeah. So I have a startup idea, and I never do, so I wanted to share it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is because uh, we have to move houses and stuff, and so I don't drive, so I walk to work, and um, and we have to move out of this neighborhood this summer into a different neighborhood somewhere in the city, and I'm going to have to get a ride to work like every day, and it's going to suck for mostly the people giving me a ride to work. Honestly, like I'll be fine. I just sit in a car. But like there are people like me in the world who don't drive and it's hard for them to get to work and they don't live in like a a city where like transportation is easy to get. So what I'm thinking for my startup idea is like a some sort of company that like links people who need remote work so like customer service or support things like that sales marketing write like content writing anything like that and then people who have like physical disabilities i think it would it's a great marriage of these two people you know like people who have a hard time leaving the house and then people who can who you know they need employees that can work remotely or from anywhere yeah i think that's a solid idea especially because there's a lot of services for like at home work and like you yeah. can find it. But if you had an app, you could consolidate all of that stuff into sign up kind of one area because yeah. to my knowledge, and I have looked at that sort of stuff before, there's not really like the one the one ring to rule them all, the one website that's gonna <laughs> like the definitive end all be all the way that like Yeah. Google is the end-all be-all for search engines. Yeah, and the way that like everybody Sorry, Bing users. (laughs) It's like the the way that everybody goes on Indeed to find work now. Yeah. Like an app that is for specifically for uh, posting jobs that, you know, can be worked remotely. And it would, I don't know, it could be, you know, it could be like contracted work. Then there could be like you know, if you want to have a more permanent employee, you know, a position filled, you know, things like that. That's my, that's my startup idea. And I'm really excited about it. 
Now I'm not going to have one for like another six months, but you know, I guess we should get to the, we should get to the point of like why I'm talking to you anyways. So you for sure are the customer success manager, right? I'm getting that name right. I, yeah, it is customer success. Okay. So what I do is like (laughs) sales, but sales itself is a lot of different things. Uh, because I'm the first point of contact for a lot of our customers Mm -hmm. and sales involves a little bit of marketing in that sort of way that these people are already interested, but a lot of them haven't made that final decision. Mm -hmm. So you're still doing that sort of coaxing, um, here's what we have to offer. Here's why you should pick us over anyone else you're looking at. Yeah. And then a lot of that is like that relationship building. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also just basic customer service. I'm here to answer your questions because- you know, I'm building that relationship. So everybody that becomes a user on a shore hears from Kaylee, the customer success manager. Ideally at some point, yeah. I mean, if, I, if I've if i missed you, please let me know. <laughs> so mostly what I do in sales is I take a lot of that marketing stuff and then I just rephrase it in a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. So it, and I mean, you and I both work together it, to develop like, what questions I keep getting asked, what features should we highlight? Um, And all of those come from me talking to people and having their questions and hearing what they like most of all. Mm -hmm. So it's that sort of constant communication between me speaking with customers and then you trying to find new customers. That's, I mean, that's true. I definitely ask you a lot of questions whenever I'm preparing my marketing material because- like you're the, you're on the front lines. You talk to people. So I can assume that someone is really interested in this feature or somebody, you know, we have a lot of company, com- companies. <laughs> we have a lot of customers that are printers, but you would think that we have a lot of printer print company customers. And we do. We really do. But we also have like a lot of people who do apparel design and mm-hmm. newsletters and like Pretty much every company that exists has some sort of marketing company. They have to create like marketing materials, flyers, et cetera. So they have, they have a proofing process. I'm assuming, you know, that Google doesn't just have a marketing department and then they just make stuff and put it out there without any sort of (laughs) checks from anyone. No, that's true. You sales and marketing have to speak to each other. And if they don't, then I mean, I'm sure there's examples that I cannot think of where like, the marketing has not matched up with like the demand, like user demand. And it's been like famously awful. Febreze. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of research into how to make Febreze a thing. Like a lot. (laughs) Because I mean, what does Febreze do? It makes the room smell nice. Mm -hmm. And no one in their, like when they first invented Febreze, they could not figure out how to make anyone buy it. Yeah. And Febreze almost tanked. Mm-hmm. And what they had to do was they talked to a lot of different people to mm-hmm. try and figure out when they used Febreze because at the beginning marketing was like, oh yeah, spray spray Febreze and then clean the room or whatever. Yeah. And in the end they settled on the idea that people would buy Febreze if Febreze itself was the reward after you cleaned. Oh. So they came up with the marketing of Rather than it being like one of the first things that you do. It should be one you of would, the last things. Yeah, you would clean the house and then you would have Febreze. Yeah. But they had to do a lot of different research because their initial marketing idea was not working and they weren't selling anything. 
It's like how Listerine, whenever it first went on the market, and I mean, it was there to treat bad breath, and everyone was like, I don't have bad breath. Like, like they didn't think it was a problem. And so they like, so Listerine like invented the word halomatosis to like, like to describe like having chronic bad breath to freak everyone out so that that's not, that's not what we're doing here, but <laughs> that's not, we're not like, <laughs> <laughs> to be frank, the problem, your proofing process came first. And we are here to answer that. We are not actually, I'm going to be clear, you had a problem and we're trying to fix that. We did not invent a problem and then convince you that you had it. There is no brainwashing happening here. And also, you know, like Ashore was started by people who were going through that process themselves of having to send out those proofs Mm -hmm. and then follow up and follow up and follow up Mm -hmm. or try and find that one email where Ted said that he did not like the blue on this flyer, (laughs) but what color did he like? Yes. And like, Ashore is supposed to like be the answer to those things. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we were, Ashore is created by the people who were experiencing those issues. So. Exactly. A little bit different than Febreze. And and halomatosis. Halitosis. Halitosis? Have I been saying it wrong? There's no M in halitosis. Halitosis? Yeah. Okay, if you hadn't corrected me, would anyone have known? Probably, actually. Maybe Cody will edit it out. He probably won't, but, you know. Can we just edit all of that out? Edit it out. You've never really offered solutions like you have with Ashore, but whenever you were working on the Beto campaign, like, really, like, when you're helping a politician, you know, kind of trying to sell a politician, he's like a solution to problems, is he not? I mean, yeah, that's what a politician is. But in general, my work at the Beto campaign was, I mean, at the beginning it was talking to voters, Mm -hmm. but there's the difference there of if you don't want to work with us, we're done with the conversation. Oh, that's true. Um, The goal during that campaign was not to convince people. Mm -hmm. It was to find people who were on the fence. Mm Mm-hmm. Or already leaning that way. Like the goal wasn't to find the most hardcore opponent and then try and convince them to vote for yeah. Beto. So it it was more inbound sales than outbound sales, is what you're saying. Like you're not trying to you're not trying to turn Republicans into Democrats. You were trying to find Democrats who hadn't voted in a couple of years. Yeah. And also, I mean the campaign philosophy in that way was that we weren't even trying to find like Republicans versus Democrats, Mm -hmm. because we actually had access. I mean, this is if this is news to you, whether or not you voted, that's public record. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can actually find the voting records. And what we did was we actually the campaign as a whole had all of the voting records of Texas. Mm -hmm. And we were calling everyone. So anybody who had ever voted in the state of Texas got a phone call. I think within the last five years. They had to have voted within the last five years. We weren't calling people from 20 years ago. That's They could be dead, you know? Yes. And that's a whole other conversation about voter fraud. Yep. So, you know, like trying to sell to to voters is not maybe as similar as trying to sell to a business. Yeah, and especially like a lot of the contact that I did as well was trying to convince people to donate their time. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And you have a different philosophy with that, which is everyone wants to help and you're just giving them the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of work at Ashore, it's, okay, we can make your process better. Maybe you don't have a problem. Maybe you do. Maybe you just don't realize you have a problem. Yeah. But we can make what you're already doing better. I kind of wanted to end the podcast on giving you like like an open FAQ chance. Like what are your, you know, like we don't, we, Ashore needs an FAQ. Yes, that is something we are going to be putting out in the future is that FAQ. So I wanted to just give you a chance to like, answer the most asked questions about Ashore as the person who gets asked all of the questions about Ashore. Yeah, and that's one of those things. Like, it's a new question. Each time the user asks it, workflows. Mm-hmm. The and- default option on a workflow is that the proof is going to go out in workflow order. Mm-hmm. This means that when you input all of your approvers, they're going to be put into a lineup. Mm-hmm. Um Person one, person two, person three. So our default option is set to workflow order. It's going to go to person one. If they approve, it's going to go to person two. However, we also have an option in the upper left corner to send proofs to everyone at once. Mm -hmm. So that means persons one through 10 or however many people you have in your workflow, they're all going to receive the proof at once. And a lot of people Uh are like, Busily making their workflow so they don't notice the options at the top. Mm -hmm. And they forget to toggle. And then they're like, person one's the only one who got the proof. Because the workflow was in workflow order. Yep. So they're like, only one person got my proof. And I sent it to so many people. Yeah, that's true. What I... Okay, so the not approved with changes is always something that I like struggle to explain when I had to explain it? Well, one, it's approve with changes. Oh, see, whoops. So our default is it's either approved or it's not approved. And we do have the option when sending the proof to toggle approve with changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mostly just how your business works. Mm-hmm. A lot of customers sometimes feel like, oh, it's just this one tiny change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly, I love it, but I just need this date to be different. So in that case, they could use like approve with changes as, oh, okay. I really like this overall, but there's like a couple little ones. Oh, I like, get Like they it. don't, they don't want to make that negative choice of not approved. Yes. Because they like it mostly. Mm-hmm. But again, that's, a lot of that's just based on what the workflow at whoever's company is. Yeah. Because I mean- to be fair, like, not everyone wants that. Some people want that steady decision of, okay, we do have fixes to make. It's not approved. Mm-hmm. So now I know what that means. Yep. Anything, any other questions now that your memory has been jogged? <laughs> um, oh, email verification. Mm-hmm. You have to completely verify your email. On the profile page, we have a little module that says verify your email. You have to click the button and then you have to respond to the email that Postmark sends you. Because if you don't do that, you're you're leaving the process in limbo. And at that point, you can't send any emails. Oh, I feel like I've heard you say something about Postmark before. Just like, like if you're having an issue, it's always like 
they need to verify their email. Yeah. Um, Sometimes one of our issues with our email servers are that some companies have different and I'm not a technological person, so forgive me this one. Um, from my understanding, as explained by our tech experts at Ashore, <laughs> some people's email servers at certain companies, they like filter out or they don't accept certain emails. Mm-hmm. So we often have to go into our email servers and grab some sort of text. It's like a DNS thing. And then when we provide it to whatever client is having this issue... And then they input it into their email server and it's like opening a door and they get emails now. This is like this it's is a like, key to the door. <laughs> this is like me trying to explain t- to my grandmother how to text and like you just do it. Like you don't know that you like you you don't think about the technical aspects of it. Like you're like you just touch the you touch the app, the little message app, and then you start typing and she's like, What? Sorry. No, I I know that. I know that feel too. It's one of those things that, you know, we're growing up with a lot of technology and we're learning a lot of technology and certain people, older people, my Mm. apologies. Older people. Did not have that, like, their brain didn't have to acclimate to that stuff. So things that we take for granted. I mean, I think it's fascinating that we are the, we... Like our generation, you know, 20s, 20s to like 40 or whatever. Like we grew up and we didn't have technology. And then we just sort of, you know, we saw it evolve like in front of our eyes. Like if whenever you were like four, you didn't have a computer in the house. But like by the time you were 10, everyone had a computer in the house, you know. like I definitely had a computer in the house at four. Well, I guess I did too, but it didn't have. We definitely had computers. They just made god awful dial up noises. And I don't think we had the internet on our on our computer, but we'd like run like those like I played I played video games on the computer at four. We had those little CD ROMs and you could like put them in and like run a program. Do you remember that you remember floppy disks? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to make myself look old. Remember VCRs? Remember how you had to rewind the tape before you sent it back to the tape store? What are they? <laughs> you mean Blockbuster? <laughs> That's what it's called. The tape store. The tape store. It's a VHS, Abby. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The olden days, whenever you had to like carve into a rock the movie you wanted to see and then throw <laughs> it at a caveman. And then that caveman, after he woke up from being knocked out, he would pick up the rock and be like, ah. And then he'd be like, no. That that tape's still checked out. And then you had to go back home to your hut. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me think of, is it ancient Sumer where they have all of those tablets complaining about that one dude, that one grain merchant, that one grain merchant, and they didn't like his prices. And there are so many, so many complaints They're, written in stone. Imagine being dedicated enough to your complaints that you write them in stone. It's like Captera, but like in a cave. Ugh. Cave Terra. Were you? That's like, a good startup idea. <laughs> <laughs> My complaints certainly won't survive the apocalypse because they're stored in a computer. Let's make sure they do. Yeah. Cave Terra. Cave Terra. Okay, I think, I think we should end, right? I believe we should end. Okay, so Kaylee, before before we go, 
as the customer success manager, assure users or feature users or like literally anybody who wants to talk to you, how do they talk to you? Politely. (laughs) No, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) The manner in which I prefer to be spoken to is with politeness. I mean, like... (laughs) However, (laughs) however... If you're on the Assure page, um, on the Assure website, you can always hit, um, in the bottom right corner, we have a little message box, so you can always chat me there, or Cody, usually me. Um, you can also shoot me an email at kaylee at assureapp.com. And you'll answer promptly and politely. As long as you were prompt and polite and sending Otherwise, it. Otherwise, you're going to be respectfully. I, w- I will be very respectfully. I love whenever people end their emails like that. Ugh. So respectfully, I guess we're done. Respectfully, I guess we are. (laughs) 